Welcome, everyone, to Season 2, Episode 74 of the Premier Pod. I'm your host, Yashpika, joined by my co-host, Tyler Chan. In this episode, we'll be discussing some of the latest news involving the return of Premier League action, hopefully um, in the in the month of June. Um, a very scary situation involving Delhi Ali, and a couple shout-outs to some, uh, some of our Twitter users that have interacted with us lately with uh, some of the graphics we've been putting out. Um, so not... A lot of news that have that has been going on since last week. We were hoping that more news would kind of come up in terms of like figuring out what the Premier League is trying to do, but um, you know that's kind of where we're at. Quarantine has just kind of been slow news right now. But Tyler, how are you doing? It's been the struggle, man. I've just been quarantined, <laughs> cooped up in my room because I work, sleep, work out, play games in my room. So I'm in here basically. If I do the math, whatever twenty over twenty four hours is, <laughs> so it's a I pretty know. big percentage, around like eighty percent. But yeah, if not even it, higher, it, it's crazy. I think everyone's kind of feeling that pain right now, just being inside for so long. You're just like longing just to go outside. <laughs> <laughs> but it's unfortunately that is what quarantining is. But um, I would like to give a couple shout outs to some people. Um, I recently we recently posted a graphic about Wilfred Zaha and. If you guys didn't know, there was a couple, um, there's actually in the U.S., there are um, subsection supporter sections. Um, I don't know if I worded that correctly, but let's say if you're a fan for like, let's say Crystal Palace, there's actually, if you go on Twitter, you can actually find supporter sections for like the specific area you're in in the U.S. So like, let's say, for example, there's like Crystal Palace Atlanta supporters, Crystal Palace Omaha supporters, and Crystal Palace like any major U.S. city you can think of, there's like a almost a Twitter account associated with the team that you follow. And, you know, if you're a Premier League fan in the U.S. that's looking for some people to watch the game with, I highly suggest just kind of going on Twitter and seeing, like literally typing your favorite team and like supporter section in that city that you're in. Um, I think it's a great way to meet fans. And, you know, I wanted to quickly give a shout out to a couple um, places in the a couple accounts from the Crystal Palace supporter section. One from... Palace Omaha uh, recently interacted with us with our Wilfred Zaha uh, graphic. So shout out to them. And also um, a couple other shout outs to the Crystal Palace supporters in Philadelphia. Thank you guys for um, interacting with us. And then also um, this uh, our new Twitter user, Peach T, is his uh, Twitter username, at Tim Devo. He is a Crystal Palace supporter, and we had a really good conversation about Wilfred wilfred zaha and his importance with crystal palace overall the consensus is if you ask any palace supporter they love zaha um and they think that he carries the team a lot however when it comes to bigger clubs evaluating him there was a little bit of consensus is that he kind of has like maybe this notion of being a diver and also his first stint at manchester united another big club um didn't go that well and that's probably why um, he hasn't, you know, left Crystal Palace, and obviously his asking price at his age can be a little too high as well. But you know, shout out to those guys uh, for interacting uh, interacting with us. We great, we definitely appreciate it, and you know, keep keep interacting. We love it. <laughs> That's big. That's also really cool to see that you know supporters clubs are reaching out and like interacting with us. So that's mm-hmm. that's awesome to hear. I I believe I've ex- been a part of the Liverpool Atlanta group for a few games where you just kind of go in and they meet at a pub in like Midtown Atlanta or something like that. 
and you all just go wear your jerseys and then you just go to the pub and just watch the game all together and you just take like a huge photo of everyone with the scars and everything so it's a pretty big thing every city as Yesh mentioned should have a supporters like club for your particular team and they might meet at certain pubs or bars or taverns or things like that so if you probably google it you might be able to find it pretty quickly so mm-hmm. yes there might be one there's definitely gonna be one for manchester united given yeah. that it's so big. yeah definitely like if you're a fan of like the top six you're definitely gonna find you're gonna find uh like a supporter group like that's pretty close to you and i was honestly shocked even you know, I, I don't want to call them smaller clubs, but like the quote unquote, like clubs that aren't, you know, in the top six, they have tons and tons of supporter sections like throughout like the US. And I was honestly shocked about how many, uh, how many fans those supporter sections have, especially in the US. Like that was quite fascinating for me to like find out. Man, we should have started one in Athens. <laughs> <laughs> I know we missed our chance. We, I know. Missed our well, chance. we can always go back after who are yes. too. <laughs> yeah, put that on the resume start a I new know. supporters club for liverpool and manchester united in athens georgia there you go like like a split like a split like a supporter section that'd be yeah, crazy. Like house divided <laughs> <laughs> for any listeners still in athens you can still uh fulfill our dream and make that a reality and then we'll come visit and say hi <laughs> i know I, you know it's weird i think like back in athens i don't know why i guess it could be just the people i was hanging out with i swear there was more liverpool fans in athens than there were manchester united fans i don't know if you got the same vibe i got that vibe too i also saw a lot of arsenal fans at I least know. of the a arsenal of, fans i knew chelsea. Were very vocal yeah. And chelsea. <laughs> yeah chelsea as well and there were a couple Man City fans, but yeah, surprisingly low number of United Manchester United fans. I yeah, feel. I to be honest, I don't remember ever seeing a Manchester City fan. If, if I'm thinking, I saw like correctly. two, and yeah, it, they they weren't really like big big fans. Yeah, but besides, I, I would say I would say the Arsenal fans that I've met have been pretty diehard at UGA. Yeah, <laughs> like definitely like, like <laughs> yeah, like Cho. And our um, also another person that we had on as a guest last season, check, check that episode out uh, with Nathan, um, huge Arsenal supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that a lot of the Arsenal supporters that I know are pretty big diehards. Like they're definitely not, you know, the easygoing like, oh, it, it doesn't matter. Like, no, they they care for the club. <laughs> it's just, that's like the, the casuals are just the Tottenham fans. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, oh I, I agree with that. Then I... I this is kind of random, but I do remember seeing that Luke Shaw jersey. A number, I I don't know why it's just so random to see a Luke Shaw jersey, but it's like you had all these options to get the back, like get the name of a player, and you choose Luke Shaw. I'm hmm. kind of confused. That's basically you getting Alberto Moreno. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like, well, nah, yeah, I guess that's like about the same as Alberto Moreno kind of esque. Yeah. I also do want to mention that we did have shout out to an OG Jack who was on episode three. That's right. Manchester City fan. <laughs> At the actual Manchester City game where they won yeah. the, their title. Yes. And with that, that that's world a wild goal. That that he was at that game. Mm-hmm. You can Ep- go back. It was it was episode three. Episode three, yeah. Yeah. And we're <laughs> oh on episode seventy four. We're recording episode seventy four right now. So that's literally a long time ago. <laughs> I believe that and, episode we all were sitting around one mic yeah. <laughs> it was and all three of us sharing one single mic and then we take turns leaning into the mic and then like talking to it 
So he'd be like, so Jack, how was your experience at uh, Loftus Road? Well, uh, you know, <laughs> he was leaving. <laughs> it was some crazy stuff. But yeah, now, if you, if you, yeah. Yeah, if you go to the beginning, a couple of our beginning episodes, we definitely did not have a solid intro. There may have been like a lot of technical difficulties, but <laughs> it's all a part of the process that you uh, that you go through Literally. have a podcast. <laughs> I, I had another friend who's a listener. Shout out to Sung Min. He's listening to the podcast recently. He's like, man, the quality's definitely jumped. He's like, it sounds <laughs> like a legit podcast now that doesn't have sponsors. So. We need sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone out there wants to sponsor us, <laughs> man, we need it. <laughs> we'll take That'd be them. <laughs> You'll be the first sponsor. Yeah, I I would say though that that is true. I think um I know it's really off topic at this point, but I think the from like the jump from literally episode one to like episode twenty was like a huge jump, and then from like twenty to now, it's like almost just as big, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like. Having a solid intro, solid outro, um, just being more comfortable talking on the mic. Um, it definitely is a long process, but I think it's uh it's it's pretty cool to see the um, you know, just how much growing has happened since then. Yeah. And we just stuck to it. <laughs> yeah. But um getting ourselves back onto topic about the yes. Premier League. <laughs> we'll um, <laughs> so basically the as I think a lot of you guys may know, but the UK government basically gave the green light to the Premier League saying that they can resume play on June first. Um however there was a meeting held by um all twenty club captains in the Premier League, a couple um of high ranking officials in the Premier League and also the deputy chief medical officer Jonathan Van Tam, I hope I'm pr- pronouncing that correctly. They all met and they basically the players and some of the managers basically expressed concerns about the health and safety of returning back to play. Um, I know for the players, they were kind of worried in terms of what happens if one person gets diagnosed with COVID. Does that mean the whole team has to go into a 14 day, you know, quarantine period? You know, if that happens, what, what happens to their fixtures? You know, that was that was one of the concerns. And for the managers. They were also concerned that the fact that if it's going to be non-contact training um, when they do return, they're basically concerned that their players will not be match fit when the games actually do come come back. Because really, the players haven't played in what two months now, mm-hmm. and if they're going to be returning in non-contact way, you know that really doesn't simulate what the real game is going to be like. And managers are fearing that more players will get injured, the players won't be match ready. However. Basically, I guess UEFA Europe has uh, said that they're going to be allowing five substitutions uh, per match for each team, and but you have to use them in three tries. So basically, it's you have to use it. You have to use five subs in three tries. So you can't just do five. You don't have five times to sub in five players, and they're kind of doing that in a way to kind of combat maybe the tiredness, the fatigue, and preventing injuries. But that was a concern over Project Restart, as it's been labeled for the Premier League. And because of that, the original date to kind of get everything back into play was June 12th. But with these new concerns that are coming from the players, the managers, some high-ranking officials, they everyone's kind of in agreement that that the date will probably get pushed back another week or another two weeks before we actually see Premier League. Um, so we actually probably won't see Premier League until maybe the middle of June, which is kind of crazy. Mm. But even then, like it's been pretty quick turnaround for the Premier League to possibly come back and that is these are some genuine big questions that I feel like weren't really brought up when 
even the Bundesliga is being brought back into, I guess, restarting, which is going to happen this weekend, actually. So that'd be a very interesting thing to see. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's also the same kind of questions, not only for football, but also like for just any working environment. Because like even for me at work right now, it's we're possibly talking about just going back to the office. And it's like, what happens if one person catches COVID-19? Then what happens? It's like everyone have to just go back home again. So it's like these same kind of questions now apply to teams. Just if one person catches it, then, you know, do we send the whole team home? And then it's like if that happens, like what happens to the other team that has to play that team that weekend? It's like, well, the other team got sent home because someone got sick. So it's like, well, we can't can't have that game now. So, yeah, it's these are going to be some questions that definitely have to be cleared up because the chances, honestly, of someone catching coronavirus during these games, assuming even if it's a neutral site or a closed stadium, because it's a contact sport, it's somewhat likely. But even if everyone's healthy, because you can still have it if, um, or if you don't show any symptoms or anything, yeah, you just be asymptomatic. So, no one knows, and there's still no cure for it, despite having like tests go around, and at least the state of Georgia that we see on the news, but. Even then, we're, we will see the results of what happens when you get back into sports from the Bundesliga. So this would be a very interesting time to see what happens to these players. It's kind of scary to, to kind of think about these players for the Bundesliga that are, that's going to be playing this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. They're going to be kind of being like test subjects at, at a certain extent mm-hmm. where it's like, all right, can everyone kind of stay healthy? Can everyone, you know, still play as if it's a, a regular season game because i feel like coming back from just two months of basically kind of just self-quarantining and self-training and self-workout maybe have like a personal trainer come every once in a while but even then it's going to feel like a preseason game i feel like because mm-hmm. that chemistry that you built up from throughout the season and from training together for all these months it's kind of lost when you're just kind of by yourself <laughs> so That'll be very interesting to see how these teams will kind of perform. And that's like the real thing I'll be looking at too. It's like the the substitutions should help, but it's going to, this, this time away will definitely affect the team chemistry and just like how everyone will perform overall because it's literally just like taking a two month break. It's like, all right, now let's just go back straight into it. It's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that, and I, I you also mentioned something very important that the idea of neutral stadiums being um, being put in place of the Premier League that ha- that idea has been discussed, and obviously the games will be played in um, in closed doors, so there will be no fans in attendance. That's kind of been the requirement. Um, that's how the UK government has been able to make that decision that they're going to try to get everything back by June first. But this is very interesting because I've seen that the a lot of like writers and a lot of um, soccer experts that you know cover the game, they have criticized the Premier League for not being very for not having a very thoughtful or very thought out plan compared to other leagues, um, specifically comparing to Bundesliga, where they they felt like a lot of experts are kind of in agreement that the Bundesliga did swift action and actually came up with a very thorough plan to get everything back into place. But they are criticizing the Premier League with kind of jumping the gun and not really having a set plan and such. And that's kind of come under flack because the championship um, is set to return on June 6th and the league one and league two sides in the English, in the English game 
are kind of in agreement that I've been reading from BBC Sports report. They're kind of in, a, in agreement that the season will kind of just be done because they don't have the funding needed to test players and, you know, have test kits available. Because I was reading it'll reportedly cost around four billion or not four, four billion, four million pounds um, for all Premier League clubs to test players. And that's total total for all 20 teams. That's still a lot of money. And especially for League Two and League One sides that, you know, don't necessarily rack up $20 million in just revenue from TV revenue and all that. I can see why they have kind of come with the decision of trying to cancel the season or just closing it. But yeah, the Premier League, um, I would say, hasn't done the best job in terms of being swift with their actions or even kind of coming up with like a decent plan compared to other leagues. And I also wanted to point out real quickly that Danny Rose, who is the uh, Newcastle fullback who's on loan from Tottenham, basically was on an IG, I guess, IG live with someone. And he explained, he basically expressed very, very, very big concerns about not wanting to play. And he said, basically along the lines that there are bigger things than football going on right now. And that football should be the last thing um, on anyone's mind. And he, that's like a player, like a big player, basically saying that he's not, not in for it, but obviously every player is different. There's some players that want to get back into playing sports. Some players are just very cautious about everything. Um, so it's a, it's a touch, it's a tough time for like literally everyone involved with the Premier League right now, I would say. And it's, it's not easy decision. And with the players, that's, I think something that you didn't really talk about during, you know, even the, like the Bundesliga discussion or even the Eredivisie and league uh, discussions is what did the players really want? And we're kind of hearing it, the voices at least for the Premier League where, we're hearing players like Danny Rose kind of speak out and say, hey, this is what I think on the decision and what we should do. And I I see his his side of the story, how he, having the Premier League back would be a big morale booster for the UK and also for the rest of the world just to have you know sports back and just to see everything. But it is not like a main priority. And I, I feel like safety's first. So we'll have to see. Yeah, it comes at the cost of a player. Yeah, like that, that's and he's and one that's of the a players tough one. that could possibly be affected. And you know, I guess as I kind of mentioned before, we're just going to see how the Bundesliga really plays out and see how they perform because I know they'll have their their own precautions, but and their own protocols. But I know for the NFL, they also have been just been talking about potentially having games in the when they start in the later half of the year where they can possibly have fans if they social distance, so like six feet apart. That is so goofy, though, in my opinion. <laughs> Imagine going to like yeah. a Atlanta Falcons game, but then you have to sit six seats down for the next person. Yeah, and I feel like the atmosphere would just kind of be kind of off, too. Yeah. And everyone's kind of thinking of different ideas. No one really knows exactly what is the best yeah. practice and what should be done. Because even yeah. when you have people social distancing and six feet apart, what happens when you go into the stadium or like go into concessions, use the bathroom, just yeah, things like that. And then it's, they're going to use artificial noise, fan noise to kind of make the atmospheres feel relatively the same. But it's, it's really interesting to kind of think about why teams are kind of thinking this way <laughs> and also like what they feel is important to kind of bring back into the stadiums and into these games. Cause Yep. Ultimately, like businesses, there's certain businesses that are going out of business right now. Yeah. 
because of COVID-19 and just the closures. If they now have like a steady stream of, stream of revenue. Yeah. Then, sweet tomatoes. Yeah, sweet tomatoes. I was really thinking about that. Sweet tomatoes. Yeah. A, going out of business. A buffet in America, at least, that is like for vegetarians and it's kind of like healthier foods. But yeah, they're going out of business because they yeah. No Imagine one, no going to only salads and pasta. <laughs> 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 it was it was all right, but you know that like big chains like that are going out of business because there's just literally no mm-hmm. revenue and like big companies like J Crew I know is also yeah filed for bankruptcy filed for bankruptcy. So yeah. for sports teams and clubs playing the actual games that is their source of revenue and like ticket sales like viewers and just ads like everything that goes into ads as well during these games and then the cost of paying wages and salaries for these players is still active i don't believe that players are getting furloughed or anything like that so yeah mesut is also getting like close to 400 pounds a week yeah (laughs) crazy (laughs) four hundred thousand. So it's just like things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I read somewhere that the MLS has talked, I guess like the commissioners have talked to like all MLS players saying that there might be like a 20% pay cut when like the league comes back on or something like that or something. I, I've read somewhere about maybe like a 20% pay cut in some of the players' wages. And, you know, that's that's pretty tough, especially like, Sure, maybe like let's say like you're a David De Gea who's getting paid so much money, but let's say if the Premier League does that. But what if you're an up and coming youngster, or what if you're like a fledgling, you know, professional player that's kind of like that, like literally grinded from League Two to get all the way to the Premier League, and you're not making, you know, close to like a hundred thousand per week in salaries. I think like a pay cut like that will be pretty pretty significant for those type of players that you know rely on like the salary to kind of get them going and get them, you know basically going through everyday life mm-hmm. and i would even say like majority of football players are yeah. not even getting paid like above minimum wage they're probably even getting paid like part-time wages or things like that so yeah i think for the like the one percent which is you know the ozil the sala the kind of salaries yeah, like the world-class players yeah, yeah world-class players like they won't be as hit as hard but like those players that are kind of living paycheck to paycheck that will be kind of tough and in the mls it might be a little bit more apparent because maybe salary yeah. for them would be you know closer to minimum wage things like that for certain players, but even like certain key players even. So like that would be kind of huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I would also point this out that UEFA originally um, had a uh, had a date of May twenty fifth. That's when they want wanted all their I guess basically leagues that are under UEFA, they basically, UEFA wanted all those leagues to kind of submit a plan in terms of how they will finish out the rest of the season. They have now relaxed that deadline and they're now basically extending it and they're being more lax because of the situation that's ongoing. So I I would say this, everything is in flux and, you know, you know, things can change at any moment depending on what comes out. So I'm hoping Premier League can come back, you know, in the middle of June. But obviously, if more information comes out and things have to get delayed, then we just don't know what to do. Because at a certain point, if it keeps getting delayed, is it even worth finishing out the season? Is it just better just to call it, call it like not, you know, void it, but just call it as it is and just, you know, award Liverpool champions and just move on from there? I mean, those are the questions that I feel like a lot of those officials are asking. And unfortunately, it's kind of a kind of a hard hard thing to talk about and a hard thing to discuss because it's just it's a lot of a lot of scenarios for a lot of teams could go pretty bad if the season is just called it like just right now as it is 
Mm-hmm. And at, at a certain point, we're also going to get really close to the potential start for next season. Mm-hmm. August is when you usually start. So yeah, even like July is when you go on like your preseason tours to get fit by players. Mm-hmm. I know for I was gonna mention this. Manchester United have Odie Nagalo on loan from uh, from from China and uh, from the Chinese Super League. And basically, the Chinese Super League, I believe, the, the season starts in the middle of like June or July. And if the season kicks back in the middle of June, um, the Chinese Super League has basically said they want Igalo back. And United are trying to figure out a way they can extend the loan. But players like that who are like Igalo, who are coming from maybe from the Chinese Super League, are going to get affected because they won't even get to finish out their season with, you know, Manchester United. They'll, they'll just have to get shipped back to um, their original team. And I think like loan periods, the transfer window, um, all of that just gets thrown out the window and affected. And it's just it's it's quite crazy to see. That's that's a whole podcast episode in itself mm-hmm. <laughs> to just... figure out the whole transfer situation for the upcoming summer transfer window. Yeah, I believe there are even some instances where certain players might not even be able to be transferred because of just coronavirus and not being able to do the medicals or just not having the staff uh, available to complete paperwork and things. Yeah. Like that. And it's, some clubs, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and some clubs. Like, I know, we, I know, we've mentioned this before, but like some clubs may even have to sell their big players to, like, you know, just stay afloat and keep, like, you know, just have enough money to stay alive. Um, and that's just kind of what coronavirus has brought. And I think that's very, very crazy. Um, but quickly, I wanted to mention, um, I guess, along the lines, another scary news topic: Delia Lee, um, his house was broken into a couple of days ago. Basically, I think two robbers um robbed him at knife at basically knife point um he was with his girlfriend his stepbrother i believe and his girlfriend and another friend they were all just living in his house you know just chilling and then they someone broke in in the middle of the night and basically stole a bunch of watches and jewelry like really expensive jewelry and watches and luckily no one was hurt i think deli ali basically got hit in the face um and he said he tweeted out that he's fine it was just a scary situation but yeah, that is um, that's pretty crazy that you know he's getting robbed during the coronavirus and everything. That's kind of wild. That's yeah. That's I'm glad Deli Ali's okay. Shout out to him and yes. safety and hopefully everything will recover for him and everything will be fine. But that's a scary thing to think about. Like you don't need more, more stress, more stress, more hate in a time like this. It's like uh, if anything, this is a time to kind of hopefully everyone can, can try to get along and get through this together but this is some some scary news honestly because everyone's just kind of just not like sitting ducks but everyone's just kind of stuck at home and for desperate times like this maybe that's why some people did that but like that's no reason there's no plausible or justifiable reason for anyone to be doing this but this is just a little scary news to have and hopefully like not much else comes about from this like we don't hear anything else related to this or similar to this during corona times but that's that's what's happening right now too mm-hmm. <laughs> bizarre. yeah yeah i uh i agree i hope deli ali's okay all thoughts and prayers to him but yeah it's crazy situation out there um obviously we did mention that this um this episode was going to be a short one and it is it's 27 minutes so it's kind of crazy that it's this short Usually our podcasts tend to go a lot longer than that, but you know there hasn't been that much news that has come out. But obviously we are the premier pod, so we'll continue to give you guys updates on whatever we find next week. 
But yeah, that kind of wraps up season two, episode 74 for us. Make sure to uh, rate, comment, subscribe. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Follow us on Twitter at The Premiere Pod and also on Instagram at The Premiere Pod. Um, we post graphics on there and we'd love to have like more discussion with you guys and just hear more about your thoughts and opinions, especially during this time where, you know, live soccer isn't being played. It'll be fun to, you know, hear what everyone has to say. So make sure to give us a follow on there. But yeah, other than that, that kind of does it for us in this episode. Thank you guys so much. Peace. Peace.